Our reading will be from Matthew chapter 11, verses 2 through 11. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind, the blind receive sight, the lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out there to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it was written. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of a woman, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In 2007... Shortly after her death, it came to light that Mother Teresa had many doubts about her faith in Jesus Christ and in God, similar to John here today. In numerous letters, which she repeatedly begged her superiors to destroy, she didn't want the letters to get out, but in numerous letters, Mother Teresa describes her experiences of profound spiritual darkness that haunted her for 50 years. She admits that she didn't practice what she preached and laments the stark contrast between her exterior demeanor and her interior desolation. The smile is a big cloak which covers a multitude of pains. My cheerfulness is a cloak by which I cover the emptiness and misery I deceive people with this weapon, she says. Mother Teresa describes the absence of God's presence in various ways. An emptiness, loneliness, pain, spiritual dryness, and lack of consolation. There is so much contradiction in my soul. No faith, no love, no zeal. I find no words to express the depth of the darkness. My heart is so empty, so full of darkness. I don't pray any longer. The work holds no joy, no attraction, no zeal. I have no faith. I do not believe. She rebukes herself as a shameless hypocrite for teaching her sisters one thing while experiencing something far different. David Van Bema of Time Magazine calls this disparity between her private and public worlds a startling portrait of self-contradiction. For many, including myself, this revelation that one of the iconic people of faith was startling. And it had that she had serious doubts within herself. Mother Teresa doubted the existence of God or God's compassion. That's a faith-shaking revelation to 
to come from such a a woman. But as I thought about it, in truth, I have to say, I find it a little comforting to know that she had struggles with her faith. Because after all, she had almost... She had always been held up as this almost inhuman, inobtainable woman who who was just this great saint, so much higher than, than any of us. And the effect of that was that we can pass off her example as being out of our reach or out of our scope or out of the ordinary. As though we could never do the kind of work Mother Teresa did. I'm no Mother Teresa. Jeez. (laughs) We might say this, ridding ourselves of any responsibility to do the work she does. Oh, I'm no, I mean, that's great for Mother Teresa, but I'm no Mother Teresa. I could never do something like that. You know, and perhaps if Mother Teresa was experiencing burnout, perhaps it's because so many people thought that the important work she did could only be done by a saint like Mother Teresa. It was all her. Perhaps it was not so much God Mother Teresa had lost faith in as much as those who believed in God. Food for thought. I'm sorry to be so harsh. (laughs) The truth of the matter is that most of us really never put ourselves in a situation that might challenge our faith the way Mother Teresa's faith had been challenged. We play it safe. Here in this beautiful, gorgeous church, surrounded by people who love and care for us and who love and care for Jesus. How easy it is to have faith. Of course we have faith. Look around. What a, how could you not have faith in all this beauty Look at yourselves. How could you not have faith surrounded by such love? Why wouldn't we have faith? You know, I got to say, but honestly, we still find the ability to have our doubts, to have our misgivings, to struggle through what it means to be a follower of Christ. When things don't quite go as we expect, when tragedy occurs, these are, sh- these are faith-shaking moments for any of us, even sheltered here in this beautiful place. And I believe, however, that we are called to be a people who put their faith to the test. I think John here was also experiencing a similar misgiving After making these great proclamations about Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away our sins, baptizes Him, sends people to follow Him, and then He's thinking, maybe I've made a mistake. (laughs) Maybe this isn't the right guy. Sends word, are you sure? (laughs) You're the one we're waiting for? Maybe there was someone else. Jesus says, look around. The lame walk, the blind see. God is at work all around us. Open your eyes. You judge for yourself whether I'm the one you're waiting for or not. 
But I think what causes John to experience this shaking faith that Jesus was taken in places he wasn't expecting to go, along with all the other disciples who were scratching their heads going, this isn't the kind of Messiah I was expecting. Why are we hanging out with all these lepers? (laughs) Jesus, you know, when do we get to go uptown, you know? When are things going to get better? Why are we hanging out with all these tax collectors and prostitutes? It's not doing much for our reputation. It's not helping. When can we go and be amongst the religious leaders? Show them a thing or two. But Jesus calls us to be people who put themselves in faith-challenging situations. Luther said, Martin Luther said, sin boldly. And I believe what he meant by this was, don't be afraid to get out there and try. Don't be afraid to mess up. Don't be afraid to try and fail and fall flat on your face. Get out there. Be bold. Stumble. Do the wrong thing for the right reasons. I don't care, but get off your butt. (laughs) Do something. I believe that's what he meant by that. (laughs) Faith-challenging action, or the lack of it, the lack of faith-challenging action is probably what has caused the decline of the church in America over the years, I have to say. It's not that people are rejecting God, or that people are angry, or don't like God, or even religion. I think it's because the church has not, one reason has not lived up to its calling to be out in faith-challenging places doing faith-challenging things. When we do this, when we're willing to go places where it's not so beautiful, when we're willing to see things that don't have easy answers, that cannot be passed away by just saying, well, just believe and it'll be okay. When we're willing to go out and face the hard realities of the world and bring the hands and feet of Christ into those situations, there are amazing blessings to be had. The Bible tells us that it strengthens our faith. James tells us that the testing of our faith develops perseverance. As we get tested, as we put ourselves in challenging situations where we're going, I don't know how God is at work here, but I have to believe that God is and I'm going to keep going at it. When we put ourselves in that position, it develops our perseverance. When we see We finally, after a lot of work, we start to see the light of God in the midst of dark situations. It develops our perseverance. Sure, we lose our Pollyannish faith and we trade it for a deep, tested faith that stands up against the harsh and bitter reality of the world we live in. It forces us to know who we really are and what we really believe and why. You know, so it's so easy to say we believe in our culture and particularly in this nice setting where we have such loving people. 
It's easy to say, oh, I believe in Jesus. Good, we might say to one another. Glad to hear it. And then we go and enjoy our our potluck. (laughs) But when someone says, why? Or how could you possibly be faith in Jesus given these realities in the world? Well, then it gets to be a little more difficult. You have to explain your faith and why it's there. Well, I tell you, putting yourself out there forces you to do that. Forces you to defend Jesus. How many, I won't ask for a raise of hands, but so many of us, all of our friends, our whole circle is filled with people who believe, who think and feel like we do. How often do you put yourself in a place where there are people who don't go to church. In fact, they don't like the idea at all. And you find yourself having to explain this ridiculous thing you do on Sunday and your ridiculous faith. But not only that, but when we put ourselves out there and we do the work of Christ, we, we become the hands and feet of Jesus. We touch the lepers We lift high the prostitutes. It makes us ask, where is Jesus in the midst of that? And if we're wise, we take that question to God. God responds. Shows us over time. I have to say, it draws us closer together as a family too, as the body of Christ. And I think we have something that Mother Teresa didn't. We have each other, amen? Now, I think Mother Teresa was left out there on her own. Even when she wrote her letters back to the church, all they said is, I'm sorry, we can't relieve you. You have to keep going. I don't know who her pastor was. I don't know who her family was. She felt like she had to keep up a facade for the sake of the faith of those sisters that were put in her charge. I pray I never feel like I have to fake my faith for you. I pray that we don't have that kind of family. I pray that we are a kind of place where I can stand up and go, you know, in the face of what I read in the paper today, I'm finding it difficult to preach this sermon. If you go, that's all right understand pray for you pastor curtis and i believe we live in that kind of community here i believe we have that one of the things i'm trying to say here in the middle of this sermon is that it's okay to doubt it's okay to wonder it's okay to have our misgivings it's okay to have those seasons where we're not sure what God is doing or why God is doing it. We all have things that come along that shake our faith. We experience loss. We experience moments of hopelessness. We feel alone and in the dark. Of course we doubt in those moments. And if you're someone who doesn't, I'm not sure I, have, I can't relate to that. Because I have those dark moments. That makes a lot more sense to me. 
And it's okay to acknowledge that doubt and even to take that doubt before God. Say, God, I don't even know if you're listening, but here it is. And here in this place, we are given the ministry of being a place where people can come and work through all of those doubts, all of that uncertainty. And furthermore, there is the questioning that comes because we have put ourselves in places where the lie of God, the light of God, seems very dim. This is where the faith community becomes so important. What keeps our faith strong in such situations is first feeling like it is an effort that the whole body of Christ is a part of. It's bigger than just me. Something more important than just me. Not just one person trying to save the world. Second, returning to the well to be filled anew. We can't keep putting ourselves out in faith-challenging situations without coming back and reminding ourselves why we do it. And that we're not alone. And that we have the support and the prayer and the love of each other. This is what solidifies our faith anew. And enables us to go, therefore, to all the earth proclaiming the good news of Christ. Sometimes even using words if we have to. I think Mother Teresa, you know, she started her ministry by saying there was, people ask her, how can you do this? How can you do the work you do? Basically said, well, there's a leper in front of me. And I bind their wounds. What am I supposed to do? You would do the same thing. I think the difference is we're not there. We hide ourselves away from the lepers. She put herself out there that put them right in front of her. And I'm sorry that we weren't there to buck her faith up and to give her faith in the family of God. But it's not too late. We have been given a ministry of reaching out and putting ourselves out there in a way that invites people to experience faith even in faith-challenging situations. That invites us to hold on to one another. Be the body of Christ to work through those seasons of doubt together, ultimately knowing, feeling, hoping that God is at work transforming the world one person at a time. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we come together, we recognize that so often our, our faith has stayed the way it was when we were little, innocent and simple. And oftentimes that's because we've, we've been sheltered in this wonderful place you've provided and with these wonderful friends and family that, that nurture us and support us. God, we pray for the courage 
to be a church that joins hands together and walks out into that scary and hurt and broken world around us, carrying the light, experiencing and feeling together with others the pain that is going on around us and bringing God's healing, the Holy Spirit. We ask for that strength. We ask for that guidance and discernment. Pray for the courage to answer the call. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.